Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast with your host, Andrew Keel. This is the podcast where you can get the education you need to invest 100% passively in the highly profitable niche of mobile home parks. Welcome to the Passive Mobile Home Park Investing Podcast. This is your host, Andrew Keel. And today we have an amazing guest in Mr. Victor Alves of Vecno Capital. Before we dive in, would you mind please heading over to iTunes to rate this podcast with five stars? This means the absolute world to me. I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. All right, let's dive in. Victor and his wife, Nina, are real estate entrepreneurs, and they are the founders of Vecno Capital, which is a vertically integrated uh, real estate investment business. They have experience in in managing uh, all aspects from acquiring, renovating, and repositioning uh, multifamily, single family, and mobile home communities, all in the great state of Texas. They have completed over 100 real estate investing projects since 2015, and they have uh, over 575 units uh, that they have ownership interests in in Texas. So, Victor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andrew. Pleasure to be on the show. I'm a longtime listener, so it's fun to be here. Well, let's dive in, dude. Would you mind sharing your story with our listeners and, and how you ended up in manufactured housing? Yeah, so I'm originally from Brazil, born and raised there. My wife is actually from Serbia. We met in college, moved to San Antonio. I worked in sales. She was a, a college professor. And then fast forward, you heard a seminar about flipping houses in 2015. And uh, we said, well, that's, you know, I wasn't transitioning with my visa situation with the, with my employer at the time. And I was like, you know what, you know, let's just dive in on the, the real estate thing. So we started wholesaling, then flipping a bunch of houses. And then kind of end of 2019, I had a, a fallout with my business partner at the time. And then we just kind of decided, like, do we continue flipping houses, right? Or do we go through something else? And at the same time, I got introduced to you know, I already knew about multifamily as kind of getting interest there, but I got introduced to mobile home parks. And so that's when I was like, man, this looks very cool and kind of more my style than um, as far as managing and going and pursuing it. And so that's where we started learning more and more and more. And, you know, 2020 was like our learning and figuring out, you know, all the nuances of underwriting, you know, parks because it's very different than underwriting like any kind of other asset that I've seen in real estate. And then, you know, 2021 was our go time. So yeah, but I still do multifamily as well because I like the asset class, but you know, my focus and heart is at the mobile home parks. Very cool. So what was the first thing that you saw that like was mobile home park related? Was it bigger pockets? Was it you know, Frank and Dave, you know, I'm just curious. Yeah. <laughs> so actually it was one of my private lenders on the single family actually said that there was a Frank and Dave boot camp coming in Austin. And it says, Hey, I want to invest in parks, but I don't want to do the work. Do you want to go with me? See if you're interested and see where that. And that's how it started. That's so you did go, you did I go went. to the image. Okay. Yeah. That's great, man. Out of all the, the operators we've had on the show, I literally think 99% of them have been to the Frank and Dave bootcamp. So like I tell passive investors, I'm like, you know, that should be on your qualifying list. Like, did they attend the Frank and Dave bootcamp? That's awesome. So when did you buy your first park? Was that last year, 
2021? It was, it was June or July of last year. Yeah. And then we bought three back to back. So we bought one in June, July, August, September. So 109 lots from there. 109 lots last year. Yeah. And so now you guys tell me about the portfolio. Are all based in Texas? Yeah. What what are the sizes of the parks? You know, what would you like about them? So forth. Sure thing. Yeah. So one is right in the middle of San Antonio, which is my biggest, you know, value add one uh, because we bought a bunch of 1970 rentals, uh, mobile homes that were part of the portfolio. And that was a 45 lot. Then we have a 38 lot, which is 30, 38 sites, but one single family, four RV lots, and then 33 mobile home lots that's in Poteet, which is kind of south of San Antonio, just right outside. And then we have one in Uvalde, which is about an hour out from San Antonio, which is what I call is a 26 lot. And that's my easiest park is all town home. Everybody there's pretty, you know, responsible. And so it makes my life a lot easier there. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and that's the one that's farthest away, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that tenant owned home model, that's that's yeah. ours as well. That that really works. Victor, what is the toughest hurdle for you right now in the mobile home park business? I think like most people I've heard is, you know, infill, right? I think that's mm. the the toughest part is finding, you know, good priced mobile homes to buy at an infill or also trying to, depending on the size of projects that you're buying and, you know, if you have, is getting approved for the, you know, 21st mortgages or the you know legacy programs that they have because they have certain parameters that you have to meet uh, size wise and vacancy wise to be able to do those things. Um, I think you know we're pretty lucky. Most of our market we have a good demand of people that want to move in, and the ones that we have that we're full, so it's a good thing. But the main the main aspect of it, I think, is um, you know is infill for us right now. Yeah, I agree. It's it's one of the more time-saving <laughs> parts of the business. But tell me, you know, have you, how many homes have you infilled since you I mean, I know you just bought those parks last yeah. year, but have you been able to execute and, and go fill some lots? Yeah, we filled one, which is the only one that was vacant in our San Antonio one. And then we just bought five of them, four for our Uvalde Park, which is for the lots that we developed because we added four extra lots. There, the, the pads were there, just didn't have electricity, water, and mm. uh, sewer. And so we did that. And then, so we got four for that. And then we have one also for our Poteet or Highway 16 park, which is uh, the only vacant unit that was there to vacant pad. So we were able nice. to find, but it's just t- tougher, right? You know, like we, we've been waiting, you know, to find the right priced ones to be able to bring it in to the community. Yeah. So new homes, used homes. Used. Uh, what is used homes and how's that process been for you? How, how do you find those? Right now, mainly through other like wholesalers on Facebook that wholesale mobile homes. That's kind of where, where all of them that we bought came from. Uh, and actually this last one that we bought five together was this lady had a connection with one of the parks, a bigger park that was bought out last year from an operator. And they're like turning over and putting all brand new homes. And she had like 13 of those homes for sale. I just couldn't buy more. I didn't need to buy more and I couldn't <laughs> buy more, but 
if I could and I and I would, I would probably buy it just to have it, <laughs> yeah. you know, available because it was yeah. a great price. That sounds like a heck of a deal. Yeah, yeah, we we came across a bunch of used homes in a similar case where they were pulling out the homes to convert the mobile home park into an RV park. It was a nice location on a lake, and they were you know decent you know nineteen ninety age homes that they were pulling out. So that was one way we were able to get a lot of used homes. But I, I agree, it's very tough out there to yeah. find those right now. Yeah, because yeah, like people want some used ones. They're like twenty twenty five k for a nineteen ninety four home that you kind of have to put <laughs> some money into it. I'm like, yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So share a little bit about your operations. You know, is it just you that handles the property management and the, you know, CapEx projects, uh, the value add, or how does that look right now, given, you know, given your size and everything? Yeah. So right now, cause we also have, we'd also do property management in San Antonio. So right now we, you know, are managing for, about a hundred and for other people. Yeah. Oh, for other people, like single family houses, single family, small multifamily. And then we also brought in a client last year too, that has a park in Floresville, which is also close by here that we manage for him. It's a 10, 10 lot little park that uh, needed help with. So, so that's kind of what, what, you know, we do. So right now we have a team of five, including me and my wife. So my wife and her assistant manage, deals with all the leasing, collections, violations, that part of, of things. And then I have a, uh, a manager that like our maintenance and CapEx manager, her assistant uh, manages all the, you know, maintenance calls of, you know, for whatever we manage. And then also the projects that we have um, going on on the community. And then I do mainly accounting acquisitions and uh you know the technology part of it to try to make everybody's life easier uh, very nice i think i'm making it easier sometimes they don't like it but <laughs> victor how do you find most of the deals is it three parks or four that you guys own now just so three so we have three three, three parks that we own yes um and then we have the rv park that we under contract that i mentioned earlier but um that's uh yeah so right now we find our deals it's just cold calling okay. owners and networking too like you know we end up getting you know a deal from you know somebody that referred us to to a person you know and then the same thing with rv park is they wanted us to do the management for them and i was like i don't know if i want to do management for an rv park but i maybe buy it from you if you want to sell it you know and that's kind of how it came about so very nice. So I know you're relatively new, you know, to the, the operations yes. of, of mobile home parks, but not to property management. But what would you say if you're going to compare the two, you know, the single family rental property management to the mobile home park property management? You know, what, what would you say are the big differences in mobile home parks compared to, you know, the single family rentals? First thing, I think, depending on what you're buying, right, if you buy a bunch of park owned home communities, I think you're going to see, depending on the age as well, a lot of deferred maintenance, typically, if it's a value add. So just be ready to, you know, <laughs> get calls because when you're the new owner, they they want everything fixed, right? Especially if you're also planning on raising rents, right? That's another component of it. But I think the clientele and learning how to deal with, you know, it's a little bit different, right? I think they end up being more 
responsible in a sense, but also more sensitive, right? Like because they they appreciate that they have a nice place when as, as far as you're improving it, right? A nice place to live and you know affordable, but at the same time, like their you know their tire bursts on their car and they gonna call you saying that they can't pay they're gonna pay like half the rent on the third and then the other half when they get paid the next paycheck and you have to kind of learn how to be flexible but at the same time you know don't let it slide too much so it doesn't become you know a habit right so that's a, i think that's the biggest uh, differentiator between the two and outside of once you have all tenant owned homes is your maintenance calls is like almost inexistent right <laughs> right you don't get toilets and you know uh, anything like that so i think it's it's really nice when you get to that point definitely what are the most important things that passive investors need to look out for when investing into mobile home parks well i think on the passive side just the operator in the sense of obviously if they have experience in parks right also if they have experience in real estate in general too because you know there's some things that can be translated over uh, if they don't have exact experience but just i think get get to know <laughs> the operator a bit uh, i had one of my investors on one of the parks run a background check on me you know which i was like man this is pretty interesting you know you're doing your, your homework which is awesome and uh and if anybody says like oh no either they don't need your money or they have something to hide right so i feel like <laughs> you can get creative on how you screen people but the other part too is just understand like you said go to a frank and dave boot camp understand the asset understand the location you know what's what's the driver i think the biggest ones is what's driving the economy on those cities because that can really make it or break it um at the end of the day and uh I think like, you know, once you do their homework is just, you know, trust the, the operator. Definitely. Yeah. That's been a recurring theme, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, throughout all of this. So I agree with you. Uh, let's talk utilities, you know, mm -hmm. public, private, what's your preference and why? Well, public is, is always preference. And if you have direct bill, even better. Right. But uh, yeah. I don't, I honestly don't mind septics. I have no issues with that. Wells scare me a little bit, and that's just because of the maintenance component of it. And I really haven't dealt with wells a lot. So two of our communities are septic and uh, city water, and then one is city water, city sewer. So you know, and I've dealt with septics on single-family flips and things that we've done in the past. So it doesn't scare me as much. But uh, yeah, so I'd say that's the. That's my preference. No lagoons. Uh, yes. Uh, that's, you know, that's a boot camp. That's a boot camp graduate right there. <laughs> but the wells, the other thing that people don't realize on the wells is like you're a public water provider. So there's a lot of testing you have to go through and there's a lot of liability, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're providing potable water to people. And, you know, if you poison a whole community because somebody put in too much chlorine or something that's a major liability so that always you know is one of those things that keeps me up at night what what does the perfect mobile home park look like in your eyes victor and why well i think to buy <laughs> is you know the ones that you know you have below market rent you know it's not 
too vacant. You know, I don't mind park-owned homes. So, you know, if it has a lot of park-owned homes, I prefer that versus infill uh, mm. right now. But, you know, that needs, you know, needs some love, below market rents, and can come in and do a nice upgrade on the aesthetics and convert those park-owned home tenants to actual homeowners. Now, the stabilized ones, you know, all tenant-owned home, you know, build back utilities, you know, preferably public utilities. And, uh, you know, and we just manage and have the have fun with, with the community too. I think one of the things that we like to do, uh, we implemented on all of them last year, which our tenants liked was, you know, little events, you know, with Halloween, Christmas decorations, all that kind of stuff. And just make it fun for them to live there too. Like, you know, that's, that's the part that, you know, I think people don't focus too much, I think, but uh, it's just have fun with the community. Yeah. Victor, what mistakes have you made uh, that maybe our listeners can learn from? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I think one of the ones that I would, that I added to uh, my list was we always have a plumber check the septics lines, but we don't, we didn't have like a professional septic company come and check the, the infra, the system in general. I think like we just have them run. So we run cameras on the line, see which ones are clogged and kind of, you know, see if there's any big breaks or issues. But I think one of the ones that we had in one of our parks, we just had a, one of the lines, broke you know um i forgot like the, the sewer line like underground sewer, like the drain main, line yeah the drain line uh one of the lines uh broke and so now we're trying to figure out what's the you know the steps to fixing how how much we need to fix and all that stuff and the only reason that happened is because when that specific one was installed it wasn't installed deep enough right and so and you could actually if you had a professional septic company checking on it, they would have caught it for sure. And so that was the, mm. the main mistake. And then did the it freeze one, up? Was it like, was it cold? And that was the problem or no? I don't know. So I just, I just got one of the tenants called us saying, Hey, there's like some water um, passing over. So we got like a, a temporary repair just so we don't have sewer leaking on the community, but now we have to actually properly, fix it but yeah so that i don't know what caused it i just think that it was it was too high from where it was so i think like it, mm -hmm. even the septic companies that we've been getting bids on said like it should have been done dug deeper uh but it's you know part of the original infrastructure so it was like maybe at the time it wasn't it was correct right i think sure. today is not so that's one of the things and then the other part is just make sure that when you're budgeting your your underwriting you you know have a solid number of which of what it costs for what you want to do you know i think that's a uh, especially when you have a lot of park owned homes you know just budget those repairs you know because you're going to yeah. have them and they're going to come all at once and fast <laughs> yes that's one of my biggest worries when i look to invest with other operators is i you know and they i see in their pro forma that they're planning to use the cash flow to you know do their capital improvements it just makes me really worried that, that maybe those will never happen, right? Because you're only one sewer line away from a, you know, five to $10,000 mistake or, or repair. And, 
you know, now your timeline for infill and, you know, everything else just gets pushed back. So that's one thing I recommend is just raise the money up front, you know, running out of money. I think, I think a lot of operators coming in, they're trying to be frugal and they're like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, have a a skinny budget and get this done and it's going to, you know, provide really great returns. Right. But then again, you know, you're not going to hit those returns if you don't have the money to execute because you, you tried to do it, you know, inexpensively or or cheap and and you don't have the cash. So yeah, that's a very good point that I don't think we've talked about on this show is, Hey, make sure your operator is raising enough money and his, the numbers are realistic. They're not, you know, saying it's going to cost $500 to trim, you know, trees throughout a 70 lot (laughs) mobile home park, you know, it's going to be thousands of dollars. Yeah. We just we just went through that on uh, on on one of ours, and we had to spend I think like ten thousand dollars to like trim, and it was a bunch of trees. So like, yeah, just th- those things really add up. And to your point, is you know what what allows you also when you ca- you budget everything in advance, or not everything, but like you know you budget what you really need in advance. It allows you for like for example, when you have things like we just happened with us with the sewer line you can like, okay, let's pause this like additional CapEx, which we want to do, but use this money to fix the immediate problem. And then we can kind of rekindle it later, you know, and you have that flexibility of cash to fix things quick versus yeah. like have to wait three, three months to accumulate the cash to be able to fix it. Yeah. Or raise a miscellaneous budget. Exactly. You know, just yeah. put it right in there. Just have yeah. <laughs> an extra slush fund because things will go wrong, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you this, Victor. Where do you think the mobile home park industry is headed? You know, given the the woes in the economy now with inflation and some other stuff, you know, what do you see happening with mobile home parks? You know, over the next say five to ten years. Well, I think on my on my in my humble opinion, right, <laughs> being fairly new to the industry, but I see it being a strong asset. It's, it's housing, very affordable housing. The demand that you get for it for the product is is still good. I don't think that's going to go away. Um, interest rates, you know, I think it's going to stay pretty much, you know, where it is, maybe bump a little bit, but nothing crazy. Like some, I've heard some people think it's going to go because uh, if not, then that's really when you're going to have issues in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to be still a very solid investment, solid asset class, and there's going to be a huge demand for it. Yeah, the interest rate thing is interesting, you know, to see what happens there, because I personally think that a lot of operators have pro forma for this, you know, quick five year refinance and pay back the investor money and hold long term. But if interest rates, when you refinance are 6%, they're no longer 3%, you know, you're going to be cutting it uh, pretty, pretty tight on your debt service ratios and everything. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see where where those go. Tell us about Vecno Capital, you know, what makes you guys different and then also how to get a hold of you. Yeah, sure thing. Uh, I think what makes us <laughs> unique is the fact that, you know, we manage different asset classes. So we kind of be we're able to bring, you know, things from different worlds and try to mesh them into Noble Home Park side of things. And also we do the same thing on, on the other components and, Really what it is, is just like, we're, we're like, we like, think we're an open book, right? You know, we don't try to hide. We try to be upfront with everybody and how we work, we operate and, uh, you know, just, uh, just try to 
uh, do the right thing. That's that's one of our core core values is just do do the right thing. That's kind of resume, resumes what um, what we're about. And uh, to get a hold of us, you can uh, find me on Facebook as Victor Alvis, um, or uh, you can uh, reach out to me via email at Victor at vecnocapital.com and that's v-e-c-n-o capital.com and uh or check our website vecnocapital.com awesome victor well thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate it awesome thanks andrew that's it for today folks thanks so much for tuning in would you like to see mobile home park value add projects in progress if so Follow us on Instagram at Passive MHP Investing for photos and awesome videos from our recent mobile home park acquisitions. Once again, that's at Passive MHP Investing on Instagram. See you there.